What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one I'm going to talk through the wildcard for game week 9. So I'm going to go through some thoughts first of all about why this might not be the best week to use it and maybe game week 10 could be better and then I'm going to go through the draft itself. So if you enjoyed the video make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button as well, help me hit 400k and if you want to get your team rated for free or any wildcard drafts that you're coming up with you can do that over on Fantasy Football Hub. There is a link in the description below and if you want to use any of their other tools there's a seven day free trial and 30% off at the moment again all the links you need are in the description below otherwise let's jump into it so I'm going to go through some thoughts on the game week nine wildcard in general first of all because there's probably still some of you deciding whether or not to use the chip this week and then we'll take a look at the draft itself now last week when I was discussing my own team whether or not to wildcard in game week eight I kind of said if I don't wildcard in game week eight it'll be game week 10 I'd almost written game week nine off as an option which probably sounded weird because obviously if you need the wildcards you need it right it doesn't matter what game week it is but i knew that if i didn't wildcard in game week eight my team would look pretty good for game week nine and i suspect that's the same for a lot of people that are watching this that haven't used their wildcard yet because lots of the players we've been carrying through have got good fixtures man city against brighton at home newcastle against palace at home man united against sheffield united away spurs against fulham at home none of those players are really you know a massive priority to sell i know obviously people are fed up with man united players right now that makes absolute sense but sheffield united away is one of the best fixtures you can get at the moment so although i would definitely get rid of um those players from game week 10 this week it doesn't feel like a huge priority so most people's teams probably look pretty good this week outside of maybe being in a position like me where you don't have mo salah but i think harlan against brighton at home is a perfectly good captain is salah reason enough alone to wildcard I would say probably not, especially when you can just do it in game week 10. The other thing is, I think in pre-season, we looked at game week 9 as a fixture swing game week, right? So Liverpool's get really good, starting with Everton at home this week. Man City's have got a little bit worse, starting with Arsenal away last week. But actually, I think more of the fixture swings happen in game week 10. And also, Brighton at home for Man City looks like a very good fixture right now. And I'm not saying back in pre-season, we looked at that and thought it'd be really hard. But I definitely think it's an easier fiction than we expected, given what's happened with Brighton. No clean sheets, they're rotating a lot, injuries and stuff like that. And look, Everton at home is a good fixture for Liverpool. Everton's expected goal, expected goal conceded numbers are very good, although they have had a pretty easy fixture run. Um, but I just feel like if you can just get through this week without too many Liverpool players and get away with it, it's going to be a very good week not to wildcard, and there could be plenty of changes next week. Also, there are players from those two teams, Liverpool and Man City, where they might not even start in game week nine because of international duty. Now, I'm a little bit less worried about Alvarez because Man City don't have a huge amount of options, and obviously he started every game, including after the last international break as well. But Nunez and Diaz, I do have some concerns around because in game week five, after the last international break, neither of them started. Now, Gakpo is obviously currently injured. He may be back for game week nine. We'll have to wait for an update on that. But even if he's out, you've got Jota that could play on the left, Nunez through the middle, Salah on the right. Or it could be Diaz on the left, Jota through the middle, and Salah on the right, obviously, because he's always there. So what, even if Gakpo's out, one of Nunez or Diaz could miss out. They'll probably come on for 20, 30 minutes at the end. I think last time, um, Diaz was on at half time, so it wasn't like a huge issue. But again, do you 
do you need to wildcard to get one of those in when they might not start? It's probably not a huge concern. So I think Salah is the big one. And don't get me wrong, I'm massively worried about that. But I don't think he is reason enough alone to wildcard, especially when I think you lose out in other areas. So talking about those other fixture swings, I've got triple Spurs already in my team, Fulham at home. Spurs was a big reason to wildcard last week, for example, for Luton away. But in game week 10, I'm not sure I would have a triple up. Now, it's not that Man City suddenly become or uh, sorry not man city it's not suddenly that spurs players become awful options right far from it if you got stuck with them it wouldn't be a problem but there are subtle differences in how you would build a team in game week nine and game week 10 with a wild card so after fulham at home spurs have got palace away chelsea at home wolves away villa at home man city away can they score in all those fixtures absolutely but it's not the greatest fixture run on paper the best fixtures apart from maybe Villa at home, are away. So Palace away, Wolves away. Obviously, Chelsea haven't looked that bad defensively. A Man City away is never going to be an easy fixture. So I think if I had, you know, Son, maybe a Spurs defender carried on the bench because I've had Udogi from uh, when he was 4.5 million. That might be okay. But for anyone that's just about to pay 4.9 or 5, 5.1 million for Udogi and Porro, do you need to carry them all the way through? I would say probably not. So on a game week nine wildcard, you might have a triple up. On a game week 10, you might go for one or two maximum. I don't think you would have all three. Arsenal players is another thing to think about. They've got Chelsea away this week. Now, Chelsea are obviously... Um, so I keep getting the teams mixed up. Arsenal are one of the best teams in the league. We know that. They've just beaten Man City. They did really well last year. But I still don't think that's a great fixture on paper. I'm not expecting a huge amount of goals. Not necessarily expecting a clean sheet either. But from game week 10, the fixtures get really good. So you want to cover them on this wild card. But you don't necessarily want to have to play them. If you put an Arsenal midfielder into your team this week, you'd probably drop a Spurs player for Fulham at home. So if you're already set up with triple Spurs and the rest of the team looks fine, like why would you wildcard when you can just wildcard out of that in game week 10? I guess that's the key point here. If your team looks good this week, you can wildcard out of some of these players next week rather than wildcarding them in or keeping them in this week. Also, talking about fixture swings, Brighton, West Ham and Villa... Their best fixtures are all from game week 10. Now, I know after Villa smashed Brighton 6-1 in game week 7, a lot of people wildcarded in Aston Villa players in 8. I would have done exactly the same. But Wolves away West Ham at home are not as good as what they've got coming up. So if we just look at the Aston Villa fixtures, they've got Lewin at home 10, Forest away 11, Fulham at home 12. They're the really good fixtures that Villa have. And so you don't necessarily need them this week. Like if I've got Watkins or Diaby or Cash like I actually own, I'm not worried about West Ham at home. But it doesn't feel like a fixture that I've got to have a triple up for or anything like that. Similarly with Brighton, they've obviously got Man City away this week. Really difficult. And I know they're rotating a lot and I know that Eshapinian's injured. So there might not be a huge amount of options you want to go for. But you look at the fixture list they've got from 10 Fulham at home Everton away Sheffield United at home Forest away Chelsea away Brentford at home Burnley at home right down till game week 16 he might miss the odd game but someone like Matoma could be like a super differential that most people just aren't looking at right now and then the other team which I've forgotten uh yeah West Ham obviously they got Villa away this week which again if I've got Ward Prowse or Bowen already I'm probably not hugely concerned but it doesn't feel like a fixture I've got to go out of my way to have players for after that from game week 10 Everton at home Brentford away Forest at home Burnley away Palace at home that looks really good and so I just feel like for most people if you're sat there with a team you know similar to mine where you've got Turner in goal which most wildcarders are going to play anyway Trippier Cash Triple Spurs 
Uh, I've got in Burma against Burnley at home. I know he's been awful, but that's a great fixture. I've got Man United players against Sheffield United away. They've been awful, but that's a great fixture. And then Alvarez and Harden up front. Like, I just can't see any reason to wildcard to get Salah in. I suspect that a lot of you are in similar positions. Maybe you've got one player that you need to move on, but you can just do that with a free transfer and then wildcard in game week 10. So... I know, it, I know it sounds like I'm really putting the point across to not wildcard this week, and that's not what I'm trying to do. I think some teams out there will definitely need it, and there is a good reason to jump on Liverpool players, absolutely. But if your team is, is looking good on paper for game week 9, I think there is lots of reasons to save until game week 10. But if you do want to go for it this week, let's talk about the draft. So I'm still on a 3-5-2 formation for now. I know a lot of people wildcarded in game week 8 in a 3-4-3. I've already seen some game week 10 drafts going around that are also 3-4-3. And I get it. You've got Haaland, Alvarez, Watkins, Darwin Nunez. Some people might be looking at Solanke as a cheap option as well. But I feel like outside of those players, there's not a huge amount of other forwards that I love. Whereas in midfield, there's a ton of options. So that's why I'm still on 3-5-2. Um, I've got 0.8 million in the bank. I'll talk about all that later in terms of what that is going to be used for and why I prefer this formation when we get onto the midfielders and forwards. In terms of the defensive players, I've gone for what a lot of people will this week, and that is Turner and Ariola in goal, the two cheapest playing goalkeepers. I was a little bit worried that Turner might lose his place after the Brentford game. He did make a couple of mistakes. He wasn't great for the goal. Should have given away a penalty as well. But he did keep his place for the Palace game. Away from home, they got a clean sheet. That does give me a bit more confidence that he's now going to keep his place until he makes, I don't know, multiple mistakes over multiple games. And then they might put in Vlahadamos instead. But for now, Turner looks pretty good. Maybe they just didn't want to change goalkeepers before an international break. But I think there's a good chance that Turner just keeps his place for now. And with Ariola, we just spoke about the West Ham fixtures from game week 10 onwards. They look great. And for a 4.2 million goalkeeper, their fixtures are just decent for quite a while. And there's little upside in goalkeepers in general. Like I'm just not sure spending 4.5, 4.6, 4.7, etc. is massively worth it over someone like Ariola. If you're not on wildcard, and you're probably not watching this if you're not, but if you're not and you've got someone like Johnston and Turner as the rotation... Rather than worrying about Ariola, you could just get a West Ham defender in instead. But on wildcard, it probably just makes sense to go super cheap on those two goalkeepers. I don't really see a huge reason to pay more than that. In terms of the three defenders, they're the same as I would have had in game week eight. So Matty Cash, Dan Byrne, and Destiny Udoggy. Now, I paid 4.5 million for Destiny Udoggy. I got Matt Cash at 4.9 million. You might be a bit later to the party. You might have more or less money than me. Obviously, you can make changes as you need but i think all three of those players look pretty good if botman is fit for game week nine i would have him instead of uh, dan burn i just think he's excellent value 100 percent nailed on dan burn is going to play in the majority of games but i still feel like if anyone's getting rotated out of that back four it's probably him more so than botman but if you've got dan burn right absolutely no need to worry right now with matty cash i think he's great for the next four because of the fixtures that villa have got and because of how attacking he can be, like he's racked up some, uh, quite frankly, ridiculous expected goals considering what his general position is. Like in total so far, it's 3.1 over the first eight game, which was pretty decent. He's, he's played 80 minutes plus in all of those games as well. He is now 5 million though. So if you're buying fresh, he's starting to become a little bit expensive in a period where if you're trying to get Salah and Haaland, money is quite tight, right? I know we spoke about money not being a problem earlier on, 
but it is starting to become a little bit of a problem for some of us so i it's not that i don't think he's worth five million but some of you might be in a position where you can't quite afford it in which case you could look at a different aston villa defender and just hope that you get through the next few weeks without cash getting multiple attacking returns so someone like power and i know power torres has just scored but i don't expect that to happen that often um but he's only 4.5 million so if you if you need to save that money that is quite a lot it's getting to the point where okay is cash worth that 0.5 and i think for you know Luton at home fulham at home forest away he probably is but after that the fixtures get a bit trickier between between game weeks 13 and 16 they play spurs away man city home and arsenal at home don't expect any clean sheets there but outside of that it's bournemouth away brentford away sheffield united at home they got burnley at home in 20 everton away in 21 you might not want to play the villa defender in loads of weeks after game week 12 but there's some weeks where they could be handy and you might want to keep them on the bench now if you got on matty cash early happy days but you're not going to want probably a five million pound defender that often on your bench whereas power torres might not feel so bad so that is definitely an alternative and then i think spurs fixture this week is good and look if you get stuck with i say stuck right? it's not that's a bad way of putting it right but i think you doggy after this week would i definitely include him on game week 10 wildcard not necessarily but the fixtures aren't actually that bad i don't think from a defensive point of view palace away not bad whatsoever right they're, they're missing a few key players especially as a i don't think elise is back either wolves away is okay having to play him against villa at home look they're a decent attack i get it but Spurs at home, you're never going to worry about playing someone like Udogi in that kind of fixture. So I think they can kind of hold their own for a little while. And then on the bench, I've gone for Zinchenko and Gabriel, a double up on Arsenal. Now, I don't think that's without risk because Zinchenko's injury record is not great. Thomas Partey is also back as well. And we saw earlier on in the season, they obviously used Thomas Partey as a right back. Then it was White, Saliba um, and Tommy Asu a lot of the times. He's, he's obviously fit and available as well. So they could go back to that and have Partey inverting into midfield. But I, I just like to think that that experiment was okay but it wasn't groundbreaking. I don't think it made Arsenal any better. Whereas the back four they got right now, Zinchenko, Gabriel, Saliba and White, is what they played last year. And it did work really well. I just wonder if that's now what Arteta is going to stick to. So that's why I'm saying it's not risk-free. Because they could, at some point, lose their place, right? They could get rotated and stuff like that. And that would be really annoying. But I just feel like maybe Arteta has got to the point where he's willing to just drop certain players. The problem he's got, and I think a reason why he played party there and inverted him in is to get him into the team right same as having to get habits into the team as well actually i think arsenal are probably just better dropping one of those two plays you either play rice uh, slightly deeper and have habits and odegaard or you put thomas party in that position have um rice as an eight alongside odegaard and you just drop habits or you play him in a more advanced role like a number nine i just think Arteta was trying to squeeze them all in at the start, and actually that's probably not needed. And look, I could be wrong. I'm not a tactical genius, right? There's probably Arsenal fans watching this telling me, no, 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 Gabriel and Zinchenko at big risk of being dropped. But I just feel like that's probably not the case right now. And if they play at 4.9 million or below, so Zinchenko's 4.9, Gabriel's 4.7, that is excellent value for how good that Arsenal defence is and how good the fixtures are from game week nine onwards. And even if you didn't want cash burn and new doggy and you had to play a chelsea uh, sorry an arsenal defender this week against chelsea way probably not the end of the world because then you've got them from game week 10 onwards but again that's a reason why i feel like game week 10 wildcard is slightly better because then you can just have those 
two players ready for the good fixtures. And just to remind ourselves how good the Arsenal fixtures are, it's Sheffield United at home, game week 10, awesome. Newcastle away, game week 11 is not easy. I will say, though, game week 11 is a game week where there's not a huge amount of obvious standout clean sheets right most people don't want man united defenders even if you've got a west ham one they're away to brentford um where, uh, sorry aston villa are away to nottingham forest uh, who was the other one newcastle obviously home to arsenal so you could say that's slightly better but it's not amazing so i, I wouldn't worry hugely about having double arsenal against newcastle away if you had to um you could obviously play destiny doggy against wolves away then you got burnley at home brentford away wolves at home luton away villa away brighton at home then it gets a bit trickier from kind of game week 16 17 onwards but this period from 10 to 15 looks really good obviously the other thing to think about is if you've got double defense it means you can't get double attack so if you want Saka and odegaard or Saka and martinelli or odegaard and martinelli whatever combination it is you need to think about that but i just think there's so many midfielders to pick from right now and not that there's so few defenders, but there's so few defenders that got that good fixtures and play for such a good defence over five to six game weeks. So just think about that. If you think you're going to want double Arsenal attack, do not go for double Arsenal defence. But it is a big consideration for me on game week 10 wildcard at least. So in midfield, four of the five players are the same that I would have picked on a game week eight wildcard. So that's Salah, Diaby, Son and Madison. The fifth midfielder is Anthony Gordon. Now that's really just a value pick because he's only 5.6 million. He's done well so far. His minutes look good. Obviously Newcastle, a decent attacking team as well. If I had more money to go to someone like Jared Bowen, I would definitely consider that. And there are ways to get money to do that in this team. I've got 0.8 million in the bank. I don't necessarily need five you know defenders over 4.5 million i could drop down to like a charlie taylor at burnley but i just think with the defense that i've picked you've got three players that cover this week nicely and then you've got two players that are great from game week 10 onwards and i know people will say well then you've got two good players you're not going to play every week but they'll rotate in and they also just give you options if players get injured and stuff like that. So you could drop one of these players down to a cheap defender, but I kind of like the setup I've gone for. And also, Anthony Gordon at 5.6 million is just a really good value option. Obviously, he's back from suspension now. He has to get another five yellow cards to be suspended again. The fixtures for Newcastle are pretty good, especially over the next four. So you've got Palace at home, Wolves away, Arsenal at home, Bournemouth away. They do have that little run between game weeks 11 and 14 where they've got arsenal chelsea and man united but they are all home games then they've got everton away then it spurs away a bit more difficult then it's fulham at home luton away forest at home so if you had to carry them all the way through and you were starting every game for 5.6 million i don't think that's the end of the world and so far his numbers are looking pretty good so per 90 0.27 expected goals 0.2 expected assists for a 5.6 million player i think they're okay you could look at huang at Wolves, you could look at um, Neto at Wolves as well. They're a similar price. But I kind of like Anthony Gordon. Also, Barnes is out for a while, so his minutes are definitely going to be better. And he's actually started every game that he's been available so far in the league with and without Barnes. So he just looks like a decent value player. I would prefer someone like Jared Bowen in that position, to be honest with you. It's just a money factor. And maybe you can maybe you've got more money to spend. Maybe there's a different setup you want to go for. I would definitely consider that. Salah, I don't really think we need to go into too much detail about. I think you can definitely make a case to go without Salah. You can make a case to go without Haaland. Personally, I would prefer just to have both of them. And I think over the next kind of six to eight weeks, he's a genuine captain option in most game weeks. And I think 
like game week 9 and 11 Brighton at home Bournemouth at home I really like Haaland but what if something happens to him where he's only out for one week and I don't want to have to use a transfer on him but I want a good captain well Salah is obviously a good backup there I guess so is Julian Alvarez right because if Haaland's out he'll play 9 and be on penalties but Salah's probably the one at the moment like Everton at home Forest at home Luton away Brentford at home uh, then it's Man City away tough then it's Fulham at home Sheffield United away Palace away there's so many game weeks there where you could consider captain him he would just be non-negotiable for me the Diaby, I've already spoke about Villa's fixtures quite a lot. I do think Diaby is someone that, after four game weeks, you might want to look to get rid of. I think you can keep a Villa defender on the bench, no problem. And Diaby, look, if you have to keep him a bit longer, not a huge issue. But the fixtures do get a little bit tougher for an attacker, I would say. But I think for the next four, he looks really good. Uh, he started every game, I think, so far that he's been available for. Like, he's not going to... I think, again, after the Brighton game for Villa, I think there was a bit of hysteria hype's probably a better word about villa like you shouldn't be expecting tons of goals every single week but for his price he is decent i think he's got six attacking returns so far let me just double check that yeah two go- so he's only scored twice and he hasn't scored since game week three but he's got four assists as well so overall pretty decent player interestingly his oh, you can't see it on the screen but his expected goals per 90 are 0.24 and his expected assists are 0.14. I think both of those numbers are less than Anthony Gordon. 0.24, 0.14. Yeah, so Anthony Gordon's numbers so far are a little bit better. Bear in mind, Newcastle have already had to play Man City, Liverpool and Brighton, which is an away game, and Aston Villa at home. So, I don't know. Is Diaby that good? I think with the fixtures he's got, you've probably got to go with it. And then Son and Madison for Fulham at home. The 0.8 million will be to used to go Madison to Saka in game week 10. I do really like the look of those new, uh, sorry, those Arsenal fixtures. And obviously Saka, if he's fit, is going to take some penalties at least. He's nailed on. Minutes are great. The fixtures for Arsenal are decent. So I would want him and I would want a plan to do that. If you want to save transfers, because you know you're going to have to make different moves down the line, you could just start with Saka but I just think Chelsea away versus Fulham at home, there's not really any contest there for me. And obviously we'll have to wait and see what the injury, um, you know, prospects are with Saka because he is missing the international break with England. He did miss the game against Man City, but I'm sure he'll be back by game week 10. So that is a move that I would probably want to make. So yeah, triple Spurs looking good this week, but I'd probably want to move one of them on to Saka in game week 10. And then up front, I've gone for the Man City double-up, Julian Alvarez and Erling Haaland. Now, just on Haaland, I know some people wild-carded him out in game week eight, and I think that was a perfectly reasonable decision. You get to spread the money around, so you can have Watkins and Darwin up front instead of Gordon in midfield. Maybe you've got a Saka or a Bowen instead of Dan Byrne. You've got a Trippier. Overall, outside of not having Haaland, the squad would definitely look better, and you can still consider all those things this week as well. And I think it is somewhat viable to go without him this week on wildcard two. The thing about game week eight, it was a little bit easier because he had Arsenal away and that was always going to be a tricky fixture. And in the end, obviously, he blanked. So anyone that didn't go for Haaland, happy days. They probably had a big green arrow. But if you wildcard him out this week, it's before Brighton at home. And I would say, no matter what your team looks like right now, if you could pick any player to captain... For me, he is the best option. Like, Salah against Everton at home, very good. Son against Fulham at home, very good. But for me, Haaland is the standout pick this week. And I think it's probably the same in game week 11 when he's got Bournemouth at home. And look, he's been really bad the last two games. Um, Saliba, great against him. Craig Dawson, also pretty good against him as well. He's totaled 0.06 expected goals over two games. That is awful for anyone, let alone Haaland. But Rodri's going to be back. 
and I think that will make a big difference to to Man City and look Haaland still had nine returns in eight games we're not writing him off or anything like that so on paper I think Brian at home Bournemouth home he is the best captain but of course you could just go for Salah instead you could captain him Everton at home this week and in game week 11 it's Luton away and game week 12 is Brentford at home game week 10 it's Forest at home you can get away with not having Haaland but it just doesn't feel right wild carding him out this week before Brighton when for me he's probably the best captain so I will probably keep him on game week 10 wild card as well if you want to go without him I do think with the fixtures that Man City have got up until I think it's game week 16 uh, sorry 15 Villa away you probably could get away without him especially if you get lucky in game weeks 9 and 11 so I think it's viable I probably wouldn't do it just on Alvarez I there's part of me that's almost like a little bit worried about him but i think that's partially just because he hasn't returned that well over the last three games like 67 minutes against arsenal but a bit like harlan right it was a really tricky fixture he got the free kick goal against wolves and against forest 0.55 expected goals but he was off on 56 minutes because of the red card so you could look at the last three and say well it's not gone that well and of course he's a man city attacker so you're always going to question the minutes but if you look at the bigger picture he has started every single game for Man City since game week one if I told you that at the start of the season that was going to happen he'd definitely be in your team right you would have got him at 6.5 million there's no way you would transfer him out so I think the fact that some of us jumped on late like I got him at 6.9 I think he's now seven it's making me question could we take him out but like again if I told you that for the next eight game weeks he's going to start every single one even though some of them are a bit trickier like Chelsea away Liverpool at home Spurs at home etc you probably would want him for that value, right? Now, do I think he's going to get dropped at any point? I'm not sure he is until De Bruyne is back. I think, again, I've said this before, everyone thought that when De Bruyne was out, Foden comes in as that creative spark. But I think Alvarez has been taking that position. Foden's been playing other roles. So I think he probably is nailed on. And I guess in the shorter picture, you've got Brighton at home, Bournemouth at home, which are pretty good. And if you had to get rid of him, look, I do think there's not a huge amount of forward options that I like. But someone like Solanke at 6.4, who's even cheaper, who's got Sheffield United away from game week 13, then Villa at home, Palace away, Man United away, Luton at home, Forest away, Fulham at home. It's not that bad for a player that's absolutely nailed on, even if things aren't going great for Bournemouth right now. So there are there are avenues you could go for instead. If you've got more money to spend, or if you're not worried about getting that Arsenal attacker, then Darwin Nunez is definitely someone I like. He's definitely first choice number nine right now for Liverpool. Does that mean he definitely starts every game? Of course not, because you know it's similar to a Liverpool, uh, similar to a Man City situation. And I think Everton at home after the international break is a bit of a worry. But then you've got Forrest at home, Luton away, Brentford at home. He'll probably start all three of those games. That looks really good. And of course, if you have got extra money, you go for the forward that scored the most points this week, uh, this season, I should say. And that is Ollie Watkins at 8.1 million. But I think for a lot of us now, if we didn't go for him in game week eight, or we didn't pick him up early, I don't know, maybe we're now priced out of it. I mean, he did start the season at 8 million anyway, so I guess going up to 8.1 is not a huge issue. But it's not just him that's gone up in price, it's everyone else as well. So if I wanted to get Watkins into this team, and I wanted like a, a sacker as well from game week 10, I'd probably have to start like dropping cash to um, Pau Torres, maybe dropping Diaby down to someone cheaper, going for a Charlie Taylor instead of one of the Arsenal defenders. And I'm not sure they are sacrifices that I want to make. I mean, sometimes FPL is about damage limitation. And I look at these 
Villa fixtures from game week 10 to 12 in particular, Luton at home, Fulham at home, and then Forest away in between. If you could get away with Alvarez getting close to Watkins in those games, then afterwards maybe it wouldn't feel so bad. But the thing with Watkins is you're never worried about him not starting. His underlying numbers are pretty good. I know he's lost penalties, so he's not as good as he was last year, but he's still just a solid pick. So there are definitely some changes you can make, but on paper, I think that looks pretty decent. Let's look how it comes out on the team rating tool. So I've put that draft squad that I've just come up with through the My Team tool on Fancy Football Hub to see how it looks over the next few weeks. And it comes out pretty nicely. So the team rating is 97%. So that's kind of giving you an idea of how this is going to work over the next few weeks. The game week rating is obviously for that one specifically. So that's game week nine is 96%. And then you can just go through and see how it looks week to week. So again, the, the Madison to Saka transfer would be made in game week 10, which would give me my third Arsenal player. Uh, as long as he's fit of course and obviously for Sheffield United at home Gabriel and Zinchenko you can bring them in for Dan Burn against Wolves away Zinchenko in for Udogi against Palace away and all of a sudden you've got three defenders with Luton at home and Sheffield United at home so that does look pretty nice obviously Ariola will come in as well and you can just do that week to week to see how the team looks so overall looks like a pretty good wild card if you want to check out your team or obviously any wild card drafts that you're putting together links in the description below to get your team rated for free and if you want to use any of the other tools there's a seven day free trial 30% off at the moment if you have enjoyed that video please do make sure to give it a like hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already rate five stars if you're listening on podcasts some people have asked me what my video schedule is going to look like this week to be honest with you I do switch off quite a lot over international breaks these days and I'm sure not sure there's a huge amount to talk about right now compared to all the stuff we're going to go through next week anyway transfer tips game week preview team selection and stuff like that so I'm not saying there's going to be no more videos until next week but I'm not sure there's going to be a huge amount. So hopefully you enjoy early thoughts and wildcard and plenty of content to come next week and throughout the rest of the season as well. Otherwise, I'm going to leave that there. Check out Fantasy Football Hub in the description below and I'll catch you again soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.